0: look are you just going to sit there and do nothing with all this privilege that you have and and look back and and think wow i really had it all and i did nothing with it um or are you actually going to go forward and follow your dreams and um and and yeah make your visions happen
1: <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Waking Youth. My guest today is Ilena Broglia, a fourth year IR student at IE University, actually a recent graduate. Ilena um, is also the founder of the coding club at AI, as well as the Generation Terra. I hope she will tell us a little bit more about this project, but I believe Generation Terra is an organization dedicated to inspiring change towards a greener future. Uh first of all I want to welcome Elena. I'm very excited to be here with you today. And I usually begin my interviews by expressing all the ways in which my guests inspire me and remind me to make sure I'm not sleepwalking through my waking state. So we actually never had a proper face-to-face conversation. Um but I've been following your work, Elena. And I have the very strong feeling that you're an ambitious and unapologetic woman dedicated to following her dreams and inspiring others to do the same. (laughs) So I have to say that I'm extremely happy to get to know more uh, of you and your content and more particularly, and this is also the topic of this episode, um, the video you shared exploring your journey around eating disorders and struggles with body image. I had no idea what kind of content I would find when I opened that file and I was very touched by your honesty honesty and transparency, talking straight to the camera, simply sharing your struggle. So I would like also to take this opportunity to congratulate you for your initiative and I really feel like it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and I hope that with your sharing you inspire other individuals to own their story. I'm actually sure of that because you inspire me to own my story. So thank you for sharing and thank you for connecting today.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. That is so sweet. I'm like, (laughs) thank you.
1: Why don't we begin by you telling us a little bit about your story and your struggle. I think a lot of people probably listening to this today have no idea what I'm talking about. So (laughs) can you let us know your story around food, eating disorders and body image?
0: Absolutely. I think for everyone listening, the background story goes a little bit like I come across as very energetic and very um aware and also confident um, but there was a time in my life especially when I was um, 14 through 15 sixteen and and, and fourth and going um, fourth, from those ages, where I was very self-conscious about how I looked, um, and therefore, what I ate to look a certain way. And I used to put a lot of pressure on myself um, to exercise a lot, eat right, and in fact, um, eat clean. I also went vegan because I was passionate about sustainability, but also because um, I wanted to really look great and have glowing skin and all of that. Um, so at one point, my relationship with food started to become a little bit obsessive. And uh, my internal dialogue started to get very critical and judgeful. Um, where at one point, um, I couldn't uh, look at myself in the mirror without having something negative to say. And that really affected my self esteem. And um, I just started to kind of cover it up. You know, when I was with friends, I used to just be the same, be very energetic. But then my internal dialogue was very um, self restricting and. Judge for in all sorts of ways. Um, therefore, I was struggling with um, just loving myself all around and accepting that my story or what I was going through, and I just didn't know how to deal with um, certain things that were going on in my life. That maybe we can talk about later, mm-hmm. um, and that formed a perfect storm for um, for for my internal dialogue to go down uh, a downward spiral that was just very negative Mm
1: -hmm. yes and we have been talking about this before but this is a topic that is also very um very sensitive for me because my journey is actually very similar to yours so i can relate to most of the things that you're actually talking about and I feel like a lot of girls do. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think was the root problem? What I, th- I know you did a lot of soul searching. Why do you think in general women struggle so much with this? Uh, but more specifically you, what was the point in your life that you started being so self-aware of all these issues and stopped ju- and started judging yourself?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I think it came from a couple of points. The first one being exactly what we were talking about, um, girls... Being constantly um, targeted for not being enough for having to change something for um, having to look a certain specific way for example um, having lean toned legs and and um, a strong uh you know tummy and having abs and but not being bulky and being um, having full uh, hair and being having um, glowy skin and um, mm-hmm. even not having hair and and um, I think the first, the first um, self-negative talks came from the fact that I saw other girls um, looking just like I wanted to look, and therefore I was trying to do what they did uh, in order to become more like them. Mm-hmm. And then the second one would be because I because I've been always very. Um, highly achieving and kind of Mm -hmm. um very aware of what I did and what didn't do I also wanted to do it to just kind of demonstrate something um and also because I thought that Uh, At the beginning, I I was 16, and my mom uh, modeled. So Mm -hmm. I was really looking up to that story and kind of like I wanted to also do some modeling jobs, but I knew that I wasn't 180. Therefore, what I had to um, be strong at was my physique. So being Mm -hmm. kind of really skinny and being really careful about what I ate. So I think um, it started from there.
1: Mm-hmm. yes and as you're speaking um, I'm thinking that um, it's really inspiring to see you now uh, out there and creating all of these different projects and it feels like a lot of that same energy of um, being ambitious and being energetic like you were saying is is also related uh, or is similar to the energy uh, around your relationship with food. Because in a way, uh, you are trying to uh, control and to take control of your life. And so what you're doing with food is the same thing. And what I ask myself a lot of times about women is, is this obsession around food and body image something that we that society imposes on us so society requires us to care about these things care about how bodies uh, look uh, or if th- this is something that we actually impose on ourselves so if this is actually just a misunderstanding we have and we should not put any or at least the same amount of energy um that we do
0: yeah i um... mean When, when I, when I saw that my energy was going in the wrong direction, um, I started to realize, man, like I, I have better things to do, Mm -hmm. the energy that I have throughout the day than to worry about what I'm eating three times a day. And, and, and after that, judge myself for it. So. I realized that food was a tool, was uh, something that I could use to allow my body, my mind and my spirit, kind of my energy Mm -hmm. to strive for those same goals. So feel good, look good and, and kind of live a a good life, but without having to feel bad about it. So Mm -hmm. to channel that energy and to use that energy much more thoughtfully and, and and you're truly totally right when you're saying that um, women are targeted to spend a lot of their energy in doing certain things that um, we think are going to make us kind of more successful, more um, sexier or more appealing or more popular. But at the end of the day, what I realize is that confident girls whom are not only confident in on the outside is what really people appreciate and where you can really give yourself to other people and your love and what you really have got to offer to the world not just your looks and your appearance we've we are much more than that and even even if you are one one kilogram or two kilograms or 10 kilograms more than what you hypothetically Uh, thought you you should be that's totally fine and it's a whole process of accepting ourselves as we are in the day-to-day and just knowing that we are so much more than how we look yeah Yeah.
1: I want to interrupt you right there uh, to, to ask the question that in the end I was trying to ask before I think now we're more mature and we understand that we don't have to look a certain way. We just have to own our story and be our authentic selves. But back then, do you actually think that those, um, it made a difference? So actually society demanded that you looked a certain way or that you would, the society would, um, consider you more successful or, um Exactly, more successful if you look that certain way or that's some just a belief that you had, uh, that is not true at all.
0: I think both. I think it's a construct of how women are usually depicted in powerful positions or um, let's say um, the popular side or the sexy side. So as we see models on the magazines, they are highly exposed and they are the type of image that gets very popular and and seen by many people. Um, Then that is a certain look that young girls are going to be striving for. Um, Much like women in power, you see that they're very strong characters that know what they want and they just go for it and they make no excuses and um what i think is a missing a missing piece is being true to ourselves so um realizing that you can be overweight and you can be in a position of power i mean men are not um underposed in in this type of uh, continuous judgment for for that so i think that is a construct between what we absorb from society and what we also accept to uh, to take us as our own belief and thoughts and uh, and yeah and just to believe that we want to become a certain way
1: yes i i Think that is very much true, <laughs> uh, and I love the I love the term that you use. What we absorb from uh, society and from the narratives out there, um, because at the end of the day, I don't think that there's someone out there just dictating the rules of the game and saying what's wrong and right and how you should look. It's just something that ha- happens naturally and. Um, it's not an excuse for us to allow it to happen, but it's also um, not an excuse to not do anything about it. So um, what I'm trying to say is that there's no one to blame, but it's up to us women as well to, um, to feel good about ourselves and to not choose to let those narratives define our lives and take control of our lives.
0: Absolutely, and I think uh, a very empowering thought is that at the end of the day, we are animals, and we copy and, and we copy what other people do. We're we're one of those animals that stay in packs, um, like horses, like wolves. When we don't have other. People to look up to or to compare ourselves with, um, we feel lost and we don't know where we're going or what we're doing. Therefore, the the more you look at um, uh, a certain uh, type of images or a certain type of behavior, you're much more likely to go in that direction. And and um, it's also important to realize that you can change that. And in fact, for that reason. Um, I was, I was very mindful about the people that I hanged around with. And Mm -hmm. also I started to become very aware of how my family, for example, my parents um, would talk to me or would uh, bring me up. And um, fortunately, I've two parents and a sister and a family that really loves me. And that as soon as I opened up, um, they understood that some, some um, ways of communicating or, or simple comments that could come across as jokes really came across as not arrogant, but kind of um, subtle jokes um for example i don't know i would have a dessert in the middle of the afternoon my mom would say oh still eating huh i'd be like uh yeah I, i was hungry i wanted something sweet what is wrong with that you know that made me feel judged and like i shouldn't eat a piece of cake in the middle of the afternoon you know as a mother you don't want your child to you know be addicted to to sugar but um there are certain ways of communicating, certain ways of coming across. And, um, you know, if you never say, if something hurts you, the other person will never know. And that's why for such a long time, I kept this um, judgment that I also absorbed from other people around me, such as friends or other people, um, internal, because I thought it it, it it I couldn't change it. But as soon as I stepped out and said, yeah, I'm just doing this because I want to is there something wrong or um if I come if I come out and say yeah and please like if you say something like this in this tone it really comes across as kind of offensive and like don't judge me you know like you know it's uh Different people are, are sensitive to different things and different comments. Um, and, and these are the ones that I was specifically um, sensible to. But as soon as I, was op- I opened with my mom or my sister, um, it was surprising to see that they also could relate to, um, you know, the story of... Um, struggling with food and their relationship with it but also there were much more understanding of how their comments and their behaviors around me would affect me and vice versa as well and that became a beautiful yeah beautiful relationship of, of, of empowerment and just being much more open with one another yeah
1: I wanted to add that uh, a lot of times, and I'm saying this because wh- while I was preparing this conversation, I posted some questions on Instagram to understand if this was actually, uh, because I know it's a problem for me, it was for a long time, still is, and for some of my friends, but I wanted to know that to what extent this was a problem for many women in our bubble, and um, mm-hmm. But also understand this, I know there's a lot of people talking about this already, talking about owning our stories and and stopping uh, with this uh, self-judgment. But sometimes I also feel self-aware about sharing my journey because at the end of the day, I never had, and we were discussing this before we started recording this conversation, I never had bulimia or norexia. And I think... Um, that it's wonderful that people are coming out to tell telling those stories. Uh, that's very necessary. And again, I think we shouldn't get into the details of those stories because we didn't go through that experience. But I also think that because there are more extreme stories, our stories are not less valid or less important, and it's not, we should still talk about them. And what you were talking about of um, sometimes feeling uncomfortable with some comments, I feel like a lot of my struggle was because my problem was never that extreme so it was something very subtle and because it was so subtle i actually not, never thought it was a problem and because i never considered it a problem like an official problem i never get to deal and deconstruct deconstruct this and only now speaking about it and having this conversation with you for example is that i start my healing process but so my point is that I 100% think it's necessary that we have an honest conversation with our families and our friends and let us know our struggles. Also not take ourselves too seriously, um, but it's precisely what you're saying. Just like speak what's on your soul and speak about what's bothering you because that's how you're going to begin your healing process. And that's where, where I wanted to go um, next I wanted to ask you what inside of you made you take the decision of um, deconstructing this and what made you uh, start being interested in healing or just acknowledging you even had a problem in the first place?
0: Absolutely. Um and and um before I answer your question, I think it's absolutely right what you were talking were you were talking about before that more extreme cases such as bulimia, anorexia, um are absolutely Important to talk about, and um, even though we both didn't struggle with this, I think those um, cases are even much more difficult to deal with because it requires you. I mean, you you go to such an other extreme that uh, really requires someone to to really cover it up. So yeah, and I think um, it's it's totally okay to open up to that and uh, owning it. As a conversation with the people that you love around you, mm-hmm. um, they will always always be there for you, such as your family and your closest friends. And um, you shouldn't be afraid to um, open up to to someone that you really would like to to help you, or not even help, but just to share your your struggles with. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your into your question. Um. What made me decide to start my healing journey was the fact that I understood that I wasn't loving myself and I understood that because at the time I was in a relationship where I couldn't fully appreciate the person I was with because I was constantly judging myself and Um, tearing myself apart and therefore I didn't have energy or you know charisma or Mm -hmm. just love to share with someone else and Mm -hmm. I and I actually never shared this story with that person um, because I was so caught up in myself and I was so scared to open up because I was so scared to to also be judged by that person because when, when you, you know, you know, a love relationship and a romantic relationship, you always want the other person to think that you're the best, that you're the sexiest, that you are, (laughs) you know, the best girl that they could get or something like that. Um, And I was afraid of, of being vulnerable and letting them be part of, something that I still didn't figure it out fully. So I was also scared to hear comments um or um not insights but um um consejos like <laughs> um um suggestions that um either I wasn't sure of or that um like generally I wasn't up to hear someone else's opinion about it. I just really want and I was scared of that. But this feeling of being scared was greater than the feeling of wanting to be understood and just wanting to be loved where at one point it just prevented me to being a good girlfriend. I know just loving the other person and that brought us to um, break up over a stupid fight. And, and, and yeah, I never actually opened up to that person. So um I from that moment on I I said you know what this is my time um there is clearly something wrong that I can't figure it out what it is and I just need to be alone and I know that the only person that can really really and truly help me to do this is is myself so because I'm also very much an introvert I have a lot of internal dialogue and reflection and I think about a lot of things internally and that's why I knew that the really the person that could um, Helped me heal was my inner self and my logical self, um, and that I had to come to terms with my my younger self, so my inner child, and um, and also uh, my monkey mind. So understanding the biology and the reactions that um, naturally happen because of food, because of um, emotions in the body.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I I try to see them as opportunities and we also discussed a little bit of this before that it's funny that you have to have that pause in your relationship to actually look within and start healing uh, but I think that's really beautiful and I think it's very important uh, to reinforce this message that it's okay to take care uh, of yourself and to love yourself and to Put a lot of time and energy in that because that's actually necessary um that process is necessary before you start trying to help anyone else or even love anyone else how can you love a partner if you don't love yourself first
0: yeah absolutely and um the concept of that you know we only have 24 hours in a day we only have uh, as much willpower as we have and we're only human and we really have better things to do with our energy and with our viviality than to bring ourselves down. So really the journey started when I I started to realize that I wanted to love myself and be able to share love for for life really um, with other people rather than feeling caged into this kind of anxiety of um, Mm -hmm. judgefulness. Yeah.
1: Yes, and I wanted to take something there that you mentioned about uh, your your inner kid and your inner little girl. I think that was beautiful. And let me expand a little bit. Um, I think that's absolutely beautiful. I relate a lot to this. And I think this... I was having this conversation um, yesterday, actually, about... Um, about our shadow, and about admitting to ourselves that there are some part of us that we consider negative or not worthy. and so we separate those parts from our what we believe to be ourselves and our wholeness. But the process of healing healing actually starts when you start reintegrating those what thoughts to be separate parts into the whole. And what you were saying then it makes me think that when I'm not talking about you specifically, but in general, when we are in a relationship uh, with a romantic partner and even with friendships, really, and we don't acknowledge uh, this, those parts that we tend to separate. So we don't acknowledge our insecurities. We don't acknowledge our fear of not being good enough. We're kind of lying and putting on a mask, and we're going to to meet that person, and we're gonna have that relationship, having this assumption that we're we're that. But because we're not being our whole selves, uh, we can never love the other person. Because how can you love the other if you don't take your own? S- Parts, your own insecurities, your own shadow. How can you ever love the shadow of the other person if you don't even admit to yours being there in the first place? Um, uh, about this inner kid, um, I had this experience also. Um, Uh, I've mentioned my retreat a couple of times in my podcast, I believe, but I just had this beautiful experience. We did a lot of visualization exercises. And one of the things that came to me was my inner kid and was my helpless little girl that was afraid she was not good enough, that was insecure for being chubby. And that, like in that moment, I was, um, it was really just me bringing that little girl back to myself so owning that little girl and telling that little girl that she has nothing wrong and admitting that i'm also her and because i had that empathy and that love and that compassion towards her i'm now able to love myself much more but only because i admitted to myself that i also have those insecurities
0: absolutely i think our inner child and the things that we go through since we were we were little and we were kids are so important for who we are today and owning our story because that child is within us is part of us is it is who we are and I never believed and it never worked for me to just simply move on and forget about certain things. Um, whenever I'm going through something, I really need to reflect and go back into that place and make peace with that person in that context. Um, and every time I really think about my my inner child and my younger self, um, I am very mindful of the words that I say to her you know in my mind and like spiritually um but i realized that that same child um was was the source of um anxiety and and it it's funny to think about it but i feel that it it transformed um when I started to get anxious um, about food, about how I looked, or just general social anxiety. Um, And that um, little voice transformed into then what was Um, my anxiety and by making peace and talking with her and um, telling her that I'm proud of her that um, I'm so proud that the fact that she spoke out that the fact that she um, acknowledged that she was much more than her appearance much more than what other people expected her um, believing that we're true individuals and that we can really create our our life that we envisioned since we were kids you know those dreams that we have where we say oh i want to be an actress or oh, i want to be a rock star um go try it because owning your will and not being bent by what society expects you to do is the most empowering activities that you could ever ever do and and even though yes, we do have a we do have to get a, a job and paying bills and all that, but we can also um, do that by doing what we love. And I think what is so inspiring and empowering of this story in 2020. I mean, nowadays we can do anything with the technology power that we have. That we really have no um, not excuse, but like. We can really have the choice to go forward with with the dreams that we had since we were kids. And whenever I go back to her, I just say, you know, I'm proud of you. And I just imagine taking her by the hand and bringing her to today where I have gone through everything that she was scared of. And we've, and we together have come through this dark cloud that was so scary and now it's Mm -hmm. beautiful and and of course I still um sometimes struggle with it and uh, every time I go back to her and bring her over you know to the bright side um (laughs) every time it gets easier and easier and easier so it's never a point where you just get over it it's always Mm -hmm. a process of it sometimes some days are better and some days you don't really think about it and you just, you know, live happily. Um, And the other, and some other days it just hits you and you're like, know she like no, it's still here you know I still have a problem you know
1: <laughs> and, yeah and especially in these days of quarantine I mean I've done a lot of
0: searching these days <laughs> um but yeah it's it's um that's what I've been doing with my inner child just taking her by the hand and bringing her to the
1: bright side you know yes <laughs> I wanna. I have two things I want to mention. I think that what you, the message you, you, uh, talking about of uh, following your dreams. I think it's an essential one, and I feel like a lot of times. I don't know if uh, other people feel this way or if you feel this way, Elena. But I feel sometimes a little bit guilty of uh. Uh, about following my, my dreams and talking so much about personal development, because at the end of the day, I am very privileged. And I don't want to, like you said in the beginning, sound uh, egoistic or um, or convinced of myself, fool of myself. Um, but I think with this, I want to say that I feel like the best way for us to honor our privilege. And we have to acknowledge that even though we struggled with this, uh, with these food-related disorders and struggle with body image, we're very privileged to have the bodies that we have uh, and to be able to go to the universities that we do in order to meet the people that we're meeting. But I feel like the best way for me and us to honor this privilege is precisely to follow our dreams. And I would say follow our dreams and give back to society. And, of course, you can... um, you can try to do something very meaningful and if you feel that call, go for it. Um, but I think it's also valuable to uh, speak up your own truth and share your struggles because you will hopefully and certainly, I believe, inspire someone else to own their story as well. And you will push all of these people um, up the ladder of self-actualization and if we're able to inspire more people then those more people will contribute to making the entire world better so I think this is a gradual process and I think it's very important to listen to what you believe is your purpose or your mission or just what you want to do and makes you happy in general and makes your heart sing because that's probably what you have to do absolutely I mean the countless
0: times where it was between feeling guilty about having all this um good things i mean i have two legs two arms two eyes i have everything i need in my body um and i've got a roof over my head and um it went between having this feeling of deep guiltiness of why me? Why am I so fortunate? Why, you know, there's so many people struggling with poverty, with food. There are so many problems in the world that it seems that I, I mean, I felt like I didn't deserve this. You know, I had all this and yet I couldn't appreciate it. How sad. You know, in that moment I felt, you know what, I really don't, I really don't deserve this. Um but, um and that was one side of the coin, and then the other side of the coin was, you know what, because I've got all this, I have the ability and privilege in in fact to go beyond to really explode to really own um my dreams and to make some change happen on on just realizing what what i'm what i envision what my dreams are um and and i should do that because i can and because i really want to Mm -hmm. um and and the side of the coin is just you know because you're in this position and because you can go get that good job go get um that that beautiful house and just live on 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 good and um normal normal terms and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um but i think being privileged and being in the position that we as in our bubble are um we can for me was a matter of a coin so feeling completely caged by the fact that i felt guilty about having all of this goodness in the world and everything went right for me and feeling guilty because other six-year-old kids were dying from not being able to afford a, a pound of rice mm-hmm. um to being look are you just gonna sit there and do nothing without this privilege that you have and and look back and and think, wow, I really had it all, and I did nothing with it. Um, or are you actually going to go forward and follow your dreams and um, and and yeah, make your visions happen? And and that and also on the side of the coin where you really go for yourself. And as you were saying, you also have some moments where you think, at least I do, <laughs> where I think. <laughs> um, wow i'm I'm you know sometimes I really feel like I'm going against everything and everyone just to do whatever I want, and mm-hmm. that also feels kind of guilty because i sometimes I feel like I shouldn't take s- so many risks you know looking into the future um I feel you know maybe I should just get a, a good job and kind of start paying off my parents for everything that that they did for me, and that's also something that I really want to do, so I thought is you know I really want to make that stable money but I also want to go forward with that idea business and vision that it's really scary and really uncertain on the outcome um there's so
1: many things that I would explore I'll let you finish
0: absolutely <laughs> no yeah I think that that was it I mean there, there are moments where you have to come to terms with everything that you're juggling and yeah and I think it's just really important to stay true to just remember that the the people that are around you do wish you all the love and best and to for you to follow your dreams, so it is very beautiful that um i and and you know people want to give back, but mm-hmm. as we were saying before if you if your cup is not full, you can't fill
1: anybody else's cup, mhm, exactly. And I actually, what I wanted to explore after, and it's uh, very much related to this, um, were the tools that helped you uh, get there, the practical tools. But what we were talking about, privilege and guilt, um, I think that I, I don't know if you, I think you relate to this because that's kind of what we were talking about. But I feel like. The moment I actually stopped obsessing so much about how I looked and what I ate was the moment I realized that I am absolutely no one and I'm very fucking privileged and I have (laughs) no right to just sit here and do nothing and not be of service to the world and just complain about the way I look. And so the moment I started taking ownership of my life and start doing something to other people and start being grateful for the life that I had and the people I had in my life and actually helping people and just going on the streets and noticing the homeless people that are there just waiting for a smile or the amount of projects we can start. And you also started Generation Terra, like... We, there's so many things that we can do that are you actually just going to sit there and complain about the way you look? And again, I think it's very important not to feel guilty because if you just feel guilty, you're just, ju- just going to get in a spiral of uh, negativity and that's not the point. But I think the the tool, and for me, I think it was, I think the most impactful tool was for me, It's it was gratitude. Uh, uh, the gratitude of be thankful for everything that you have and use that and that energy uh, to uh, allow other people to feel that as well and to also be grateful for their lives and yeah I wanted to explore yoga and meditation so many other things but I think that's that was really the the game changer for me
0: I absolutely agree for me as well um gratitude was a big player in kind of demonstrating the the key into that cage that kept me from taking action from feeling like I wasn't anybody to go and change the world or do something that I wanted to um and realizing that you know what I have all of this in the world and gratitude as the key can really show you how much you can do just by doing so little as you were saying helping someone on the street if you're seeing that someone is struggling even like carrying their bags home you know what? just go up to them and say hey do you would you like a hand do you do you live far like can I help you um acknowledging the homeless man that is on your street and you pass him every day and you never even look at him, you know. The other, just it's funny because that you say this because just the other day, um, I was taking a walk around and I and I thought, wow, you know, with nobody around on the streets, who is gonna give, you know, change or who's gonna help so many homeless people who are just on the streets. And so I made a promise to myself that every time I would um, go to the supermarket or, or, or pass one of them, I would try to give back in any way I could. And there's this one homeless man that lives right on my street, and he's one of he he he's just so kind and one time I uh, I took a walk with him I offered him a coffee and we went to this coffee shop and we started talking he was kind of shy but I, I kept asking him questions um, and he was just from Quebec and like we started to speak French with like my very rookie French <laughs> but he's <was laughs> such a nice person and I realized that the difference between a man that he never asked for money and I just Uh, And when I went to the supermarket, there was um, a beggar outside the supermarket who was constantly like coming up to people and asking, "Hey, do you have money? Hey, can you give me this? Hey, can you give me that?" And the difference between those people, these two people, was that the man who never asked for for money really won my compassion my heart and I always go back to him and ask him what would you like and to the man that I can is only outside the supermarket who's asking for change sure I'll give you some change but he doesn't stay in my heart you know it's it's it made me realize something bigger than just than just what it was was that in life your your persona comes across and your authenticity and your humbleness comes across even when you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to still be kind, still acknowledge that other people are helping you and you may be helping others. And it's a two-way street when you're helping someone because when you ask someone if you can help them, they have to say yes for you to to do that. Mm-hmm. And it also takes courage to say look yes i really need
1: someone's help Mm um and you know that in the beginning we were talking about i was asking you the question do you think that um uh, this issue or this disorder that you that you felt that you had was something that you uh so it's something that society is imposing on you—the the caring is so much about your image uh, and having a, an ideal body to look up to, or it's something that started from you. And I and the solution, um, uh, and the solution for me, I'm trying to say is, um, it's not so much about trying to blame the media or the models that post on Instagram photos and their underwear. Um, I think the solution is for us to acknowledge that yes that was a reality but for us to go back to this narrative of being kind and and caring about one another and having compassion for one another and I really think this is the solution because it was the solution for me it started with you have to have compassion for yourself you have to embrace that little kid of yours and then you can do that to others as well and I just this is very idealistic but this is really the how I- how I think about the world and how I see the world, how nice would it be if everyone tried to open the door for you, hold the door for you, or helped you carry your bags on the supermarket. And if everyone did a little little bit of that, then you wouldn't feel judged at any point about the way you look. And so you could just finally stop to putting so much time and energy on uh, looking your best self and your idea yourself, according to all of this Um Stereotypes that are out there, and actually put that energy in personal growth and following your dreams on doing something meaningful for society absolutely. My best tool exactly in those terms
0: is opening my eyes, so because I'm usually very caught up in myself within i whenever I feel trapped within. I just think back to when I was a little girl and to how amazed I was to the world around me that I just think, you know, just look at the world with fresh baby newborn eyes and just go be amazed of the place where you live. You know, it's even as simple as going outside on a sunny day or on a rainy day and looking at a tree. Mm -hmm. And saying, wow, this actually grew in the middle of um, a concrete jungle, you know, and and nature is so powerful and just being kind of in awe with that feeling of we're a part of a one single planet in a universe that it's ever expanding and that we have nowhere and place to go. So <laughs> kind of like, yeah, this is it. So stepping outside of of my inner cage is always the best tool for me. And and just breathing deeply and just letting everything go and just kind of sitting in the moment and just appreciating that we're young, we're healthy. Um, we've got everything we need to to go get it to go get our dreams done. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I think um, I'm laughing because I feel like even yesterday I I was laughing at myself because <laughs> no, really, <laughs> because I feel like now where everyone. Like it's getting to the mainstream. We're importing yoga and meditation and breathing and being present and all of these practices and all of these language from the East. Um, and I was laughing at myself because uh, uh, I was posting, uh, I was thinking of posting something on social media. And then I also had my yoga class. And I was just thinking uh, the contradictions and the paradoxes in, your, in our life are just sometimes absurd. But we also have to accept the absurd absurdity. But at the end of the day, I feel like my journey with yoga and meditation, and I know that you practice yoga as well and you dance. And I think it's very much related to movement and to... I think through movement, and it, this can be in dancing or it can be in yoga or it can be through breathing, you just realize that you are alive and that makes you realize that you actually can be present and you can can be own every tiny little decision you make because you're present and because of that awareness, you understand what's meaningful or not. Uh, and so at the end of the day, it all goes back to Gratefulness to gratitude and to being present because that awareness just makes you realize how super superfluous thinking about how your body looks is. At the end of the day, your body is just a tool for you to move around. Why do- would you want it to look a certain way? That's not what really matters about life.
0: Yeah, I I love dance um, and movement for that reason. Um, in fact. I every time I feel kind of under the weather, I just start stretching or just I get on my mat and I just start moving a little bit. And I think, oh, wow, you know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, it, it takes everything into perspective. As you were saying, it is everything we have is just a tool. And I really believe we're, I mean, it is also in science. We're just a, a bunch of atoms and particles put together. So everything mm-hmm. we feel is energy and the energy we um built in we build inside and that we um kind of put it into our body and then exerted to what we're doing or who we're talking to or what we're going for. Um, and, And when I start to think about that, I say, okay, it is not what it is around me, but it is what I have inside and how I react to what is around me. And reality, it is just a perception. And from that moment onwards, you really have the whole power in the world to make the change that you thought was either impossible or just that you thought that you couldn't change. Um, Just, yeah, I always take a big breath every time I I feel out of control because I, I feel like something is not going right or I feel stressed. And I just think, okay, there has to be a way out. Look at the right side and just use your energy in the right way. And when you do that, you kind of align what you are imagining with what you're doing. And you kind of, I feel like getting to this momentum and to this flow, either when I'm dancing or when I'm also working, where my thoughts um, have a, a sequence that is more and more empowering and they build built on each other and they don't um, bring each other down. For example, when I'm thinking of a um, an, um, a topic, either in sustainability or just about having a conversation, um, my counter-argument is never, you know, oh, you shouldn't do that because it's really bad. It's always, you can say that, but then you should also say, why it is that and how you can improve that. So I always try to see things as it can always get better.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful and that you... Just took it to another level, to, <laughs> level of the universe. <laughs> I'm very glad you did so, because I and I, I this was one of the ramifications of our conversation that we didn't get to explore. And you were talking about following your dreams, and sometimes you were feeling a little bit self-conscious when you because you didn't know whether to follow the convention that kind of your family uh, wanted you to. I don't know if that's what's exactly what you were trying to say, but mm-hmm. what you're saying now about uh, getting in line and getting in flow and and about choosing at the end of the day. I feel like more people don't follow, not everyone follows their dreams, not because they don't want to, but because they think that's not possible. And what I'm learning day after day with this uh, effort of trying to be present is that it's indeed in your hands and you can choose. And just like you can choose um, because we are a bunch of Adam and particles just like you can choose am I gonna hold on to this narrative and to this energy of guilt and shame for having the body that I have or having the feelings regarding the body that I have the negative feelings or I'm gonna decide nope this is not the kind of energy I want to feel I don't want to get defined by this negative words, I'm going to choose better. I'm going to choose words of gratitude. I'm, I'm going to choose the words of self-love and all these different terms. And it's not even words that hold this power. It's just the energy around these words that actually transform the, the energy of your entire body. And this can be applied to everything, really. If you have a dream of becoming a dancer and If you actually put yourself in that energy by the words you use, by the people you talk to, of course, things will start aligning for yourself. So I think it's so empowering that we're just starting to realize this. And I think more and more people are realizing this. And I just feel very inspired and grateful and abundant lately, to be honest. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's there's actually a really cool tool from Tim Ferriss. Um, I was listening to his podcast and he was talking about this tool that he uses for himself that is called fear setting. So whenever you have something that um, you're fearful of and that you see that you're not taking action, you can go on a piece of paper, go on your computer and write down what is the fear. So what are you scared of? What is the worst thing that can happen? What is one thing that you can do to prevent this from happening? And what is the cost of inaction? So, what if you do nothing about this fear? Um, and I'm sure there there are other details that I'm forgetting. So, you should um, people who are interested in this should definitely go look it up. Um, but it's it's um, imp- important to see fear as themselves as multidimensional things that are not just a roadblock that are um are, 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 are a mile high and that you can't get through you can't get underneath it, you can't get around it um, once you start thinking about them as multidimensional things that we just construct through our energy and through our self-limiting uh, thoughts Um, thinking about them and saying, okay, what is the worst thing that can happen? What can I do to prevent that? Um, What is my cost of inaction? And then you rationalize about it and you think about it and you say, do I really want to um, go forward with not doing anything about it and then take upon the cost of inaction, which is, you know, if, if you're talking about a business that you're really uncertain about, it's looking back, maybe it could be um, regret. So you look back in 50 years and think, wow, I really wonder what I could have done with that idea. And then if you think about that, are you willing to take that um, up on your shoulders in 50 years? And if the answer is no is is go for it because the cost of inaction is greater than the cost of fear, than the fear itself.
1: A hundred percent. And um, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of laughing also because <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> no, I relate to this so much. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, and even with this, with this, I I think it's so important that we talk about fear. And I've talked I've talked about fear a lot of. Uh, in some other episodes, and in the my last episode, I was talking with Ali about letting go, and he actually suggested a very similar exercise of imagine the person you would be like if you didn't do the thing that you think you're afraid to do, and tune in with that person. Do you want to be that person? And then if you want to be that person and you chill with that person, okay, just don't do the thing that you're scared of. But then if you decide, no, this is not the person that I want to be, there's actually a higher version of myself that I would rather be, so then do the thing that you're fearful. And about fear, I think the the misconception we have about around fear is that we think it shouldn't be there or we think that people that are successful in life just don't have fear or at some point they just stop having fear i think the lesson that we have to learn about fear is that those things that we're most afraid of doing those those things are probably the things that we should be doing and that fear should be used precisely as a guide so listen to that fear don't try to push it away just be its best friend and it's kind of the little we go back to the inner kid just like you go back to your uh, inner kid your little girl and hold her hand just do that with your fear as well say to your fear it's okay you can be there there's nothing wrong with you just trying to protect me but I accept that you're also part of me and I don't want you to go away, but you also are not going to define me and I'm going to do those things that I'm passionate about and those things that inspire me to be the the best version of myself. Absolutely. I think of fear
0: as one of those treasure boxes because fear is something that we don't want to do because there's something that we've experienced previously or because Mm -hmm. we've never experienced it before so what fears means to me is that i've never done this before or that i've had a negative experience with it and fear as a treasure box um, fear is the box itself but the treasure inside is overcoming that Emotion or discovering something that I didn't knew there was. It's kind of like finding the, you know, getting the, the kinder um, egg and finding the, the present inside. It's if you, you, you get a present, a reward for doing things that you didn't feel like. Is that mm-hmm. just like exercising, you build resistance and you you build, um, not resistance, how do you say, um, when you're endurance, you build endurance in in facing fear, the more you do it, the more you exercise, the more it becomes, the, the easier it becomes, because Um, you produce endorphins and it's good for your body just like that you should go and do the things that you're fearful of just in some degrees um, because you should always think that they um, unlock something that your, your, your spirit and your mind and body are trying to tell you this is something you should be aware of you know while you're approaching it I want you to be aware of because there's something important that you're going to discover.
1: Mm-hmm. And because it, at the end of the day, it feel so damn good after. you know. Exactly. I, I have that experience. I, I was laughing before uh, because I always have this experience every time that I even do an episode, you know, there's always that fear of what if something goes wrong? What if I'm not able to say those things that I wanted to say in the first place? And then like, one of the tools that I use is journaling and I always journal, how do I feel before? And this is with podcast episodes or anything really public speaking. um, So many other things that I write down, how am I feeling before and how am I feeling after? And it's always the same before I'm like uh, anxious, insecure, (laughs) feeling uncertain about the future after just like, I'm so excited. I'm so inspired. I'm so grateful. And then I'm just, I just, just laugh at myself and then then the next the time after that before I do that podcast episode or before I have to give a speech I just say to myself and this is another tool that I you I think I also mentioned just choose very carefully the words you say to yourself so instead mm-hmm. of thinking that you're instead of saying to yourself that you're feeling anxious just switch that word for I'm feeling excited um and that for me makes all the difference um and again not being afraid of that fear of not being afraid okay like you you can even be lying to yourself a little bit about the anxious changing it to excited but it's just accept whatever it is just there's really no problem about being fearful like now we're flowing, and we're in this flow with this conversation, and all is well, and it feels really good. So please do the, that thing that you're scared of doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a funny, the funniest
0: story. The other day, I had a cockroach in my in my room, and I was so scared. I was like, Oh my god, ew! <laughs> <laughs> um, what if it's gonna like walk on me while I try to catch it? You know, it was like paralyzed. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, am I gonna suck it up with the vacuum? Like, throw the vacuum outside the window? <laughs> um, and then when I, you know, I, I I didn't kill it. It was a you know proud uh, nature mama. <laughs> I just uh, picked it up in um in a container box and just put it out the window um after that I was like oh my god I'm so excited like hey guys do you have a cockroach in your house can I come pick it up <laughs> like <laughs> it was so funny and just like it was the emblem of my you know I was so fearful and you're like squeamish, you know um and after that I was like I'm actually proud I didn't kill it I would it like I I did scream a little bit, but <laughs> it was just, it felt very good after if, after I'd done it. So that was the the latest story of me overcoming my fears. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was really funny. It was
1: really really funny. Yeah, and I wanted to end this conversation by <laughs> by asking you uh, what would you tell that little girl a couple of years ago? Uh but I think you just answered it. <laughs> Please don't be afraid to catch that cockroach. Absolutely. it actually feels that good.
0: Okay, <laughs> like, go pet it. <laughs> Keep yeah. it in the house. Exactly. Um, absolutely. I I would I would end this conversation yeah. um and again, thank you so much for doing this i I think we we really unlocked a beautiful story that we're sharing um by saying that we're all unique, and there's something within each and every one of us that makes us so perfect within all of our differences, within all of our insecurities, all of our what could seem imperfectnesses that just make us so perfect and there's no such thing as as perfect as being um fit in because the only the only job really the only job that we're here on like earth and in our lives to do is to follow our our souls and to discover what we came here to do and Following our our visions and it can even be having a family, having a stable relationship with your parents or going on a trip every year, whatever that vision of sentiment or that happiness that arouses within us. We should f- follow that, and that's probably the one and biggest and most important thing that I found um, mm-hmm. that goes beyond any fear, any roadblock, any comment, any mm-hmm. judgeful experience is that it's okay because I'm here for something bigger i'm um going for something that I know I was made to do, and I can only do that if I'm true to myself and I do mistakes and I do make mistakes and that I own up to my mistakes and I try to overcome those to get better at what I'm doing or what I'm trying to achieve and I've also found that not always having a goal is also good you know um, we're very driven as people as humans to have a goal you know when we're walking on the streets we have to go somewhere we have to walk fast somewhere we have to get somewhere fast and get results um, and realizing that it's also okay to not know what we're doing and just we're just living you know just where we were put on this earth and just we have to figure out what to do and what we want to do with our life that is part of the journey as well and i think that is a beautiful moment where within ourselves where we realize that we are only ourselves and that is also our greatest power
1: a 100 percent, and I, I feel like uh, I also believe in this thing of purpose or, and meaning and I don't necessarily I, we can't know if there's a bigger purpose to all of this but we what I choose to believe is that uh, we can create our own purpose and we can understand those things that we're passionate about and ultimately if we follow those things and if we Allow uh, ourselves to pursue those things, we will feel much better and we will feel like we belong to this world. So, I wanted to actually end much better than the cockroach uh, with um, uh, I've mentioned the concept of fitting in and belonging defined by Renee Brown before in an episode with my friend João. Um, But I also wanted to bring something that you said. I was going through the the platform of uh, Generation Terra. But basically, Brene Brown, and I repeat this for those of you who didn't listen to the other podcast episode, uh, uh, Brene Brown distinguishes between fitting in and belonging, saying that fitting in is about assessing a situation and becoming who you need to be to be accepted. So, for example, and this is me speaking, this can be you trying to fit in by the way you look, uh, by trying to achieve an ideal body, because you think there is a way you have to look And then she continues to define belonging, on the other hand, doesn't require us to change who we are, it requires us to be who we are. And I think that's the most beautiful message of be who you are, follow your dreams, because that is the one thing that will make you truly belong. And then I'll add with what you said, uh, which was the only person I'll ever be is me. I don't want to spend my life I don't want to spend my entire life trying to fit in. I want to be original by being myself. I don't want to be 80, look back and think, what a waste. I knew exactly whom I could have become, and I never took the chance to be myself. So thank you, Elena, for being you. (laughs) Thank you so much. That is such a beautiful thought. And uh, I'm truly grateful. I hope that the message uh, reaches the other side of this void. And I wanted to ask you, Elena, how can people get to know a little bit more about you? Do you want to be the one sharing all of that? Of course. Um,
0: Well, um, you can go on my Instagram, which is Elena uh, underscore Broglia. Um, You can also follow my journey with Generation Terra on Instagram and um, its own website on generationterra.com and generation.terra on Instagram. And feel free to reach out to me with anything that you want to talk about more, either for body image and insecurities or anything that, um, you took from this podcast. And I'm very happy to also see what people have to say about, um, their own experiences. And I'm just, um, looking forward for this conversation to be out there.
1: Mm -hmm. And ask Elena for her video. It really is amazing.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. If, um, if you guys want to know more about my story specifically on what I went through with uh, my eating disorder and what I also thought was, uh, kind of a mental issue. Um, I can send you guys, uh, my video and, uh, yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you Um, so much. Finally, if you like this episode and would like to keep updated, I invite you to subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app and reach me on Instagram or my blog. Uh, I will leave As usual, all the links, including the links to uh, Elena's social media uh, on the description of this podcast episode. And last but not least, thank you, my dear listener, for being here with us, for sharing this space with us. And I wish you a truly beautiful and apologetic and mindful day. Bye-bye.